Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, the Easter Bunny has arrived, Doug Oster, and he is so happy to be here, ladies and gentlemen. We have got lots of good stuff to get to, including it's Arbor Day celebrating trees everywhere. Eric Countryman, Davy Trees, talking trees within 30 minutes. But we begin by reminding you to simply call in and get ready to join us on the show with all of your gardening and tree questions at 866-391-1020. But let's begin by giving away a $25 gift certificate from the good folks at Sorgles. That number is 412-922-1020. Doug, happy Easter. Good morning. Happy Easter, Rob. Good morning. And yeah, let's talk about some Easter plants. Uh, I was... uh scoping out some lilies at the nursery the other day and i'm like oh boy they got a lot left uh they'll never get rid of those by easter and so that's i'm gonna swoop in there and get some some deals for sure then that's that's what i'll do after easter and those flowers fall off the plant they're hard to sell and you can get those put them in the ground and then next year you'll have some lilies blooming but not at easter It'll be during the summer. So <laughs> so why don't we just take care of the two people that take care of us every week? You can talk about Sorgles. You were just there. And I just got a text because I reached out to uh, Patty, wanted to make sure, but they are closed at Janoski's today. And Sorgles? I think they're closed too, but okay. I'm not sure. So you need to <laughs> you call. Put, you put me on the spot. No, no, you need <laughs> I to think, call. I think because they're... people are hearing us this giveaway and they're thinking, so I want to take care of the people that take care of us. I know Janoski's is closed, but you might want to call ahead as far as Sorgles is concerned. So talking about sorghums, put this on your calendar, and then we'll get back to the uh, Easter plants. The 19th annual Doug Oster Plant Swap and Gardening Hullabaloo is June 5th at Sorghums, 11 a.m. We trade plants. It's so much fun. And then I have a couple tomato plants I'm going to give away. Uh, Limbaugh Legacy Potato Top, and then one called 3945. And the Limbaugh is a a big beefsteak heirloom. Uh, which I've been giving away since 2000. But then 3945 was uh, the tomato seeds were actually found on the battlefield of World War II by a Pittsburgher who grew it out for 50 years. And then I heard the story and got some of the seeds. And the idea is you grow these out, save the seeds, and send them back to me, and we'll have plenty of tomatoes for lots of people. Thank you so much, Randy Sorgel, for... Uh, ah, good, yes, they're closed on Easter. Okay. Sorgels, good. Yes, and Janoski's. But thank you, Randy Sorgel, for hosting us. And so now uh, with your lilies, if you have lilies at home that were part of uh, your Easter celebration, you can plant those in the ground uh, when the holiday is over, whenever you're ready, when it drops off its, its flowers. And as I said, you'll, you'll have to wait all the way till next year, but you'll get some nice-looking lilies in the summer. Uh, a lot of times people give hydrangeas on, on 
Easter. This is another plant that can go out into the ground at the end of the season or at the end of the holiday. And then daffs and tulips, too. Uh, that, that is something that can go into the ground. You'll have better luck getting the daffodils to come back uh, as opposed to the tulips. But there's nothing nothing to lose. Any spring bulbs that you got uh, as a gift, plant them when the time is right, as soon as, as, soon as the, the flowers are gone. Uh, this Thursday, uh, my friend Kelly Norris is at the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden, Thursday and Friday, actually. Uh, and he is a great garden speaker. His book, New Nat- Naturalism, is awesome. And then on Friday, I'm moderating a panel discussion. Oh. Yeah, doesn't that sound fancy? Yeah, very fancy. <laughs> uh, with Kelly and other ex- experts talking about plant conservation, sustainability, and, and resilience. It's going to be fun. Uh, later on today, Talking Trees with Eric Countryman. We're celebrating Arbor Day, and we'll talk all about the right way to plant a tree and how to make it thrive for years. Uh, my free virtual classes continue. Uh, we're doing 10 weeks of gardening classes. You can watch them live on Thursdays at 5 o'clock, and it's interactive. I'm answering questions as I'm talking to you. Or you can watch, you can listen later and watch later. Uh, I've started with starting the seeds, and then we're going to take you all the way through May to plant your tender crops. It's free. It's every Thursday at 5 p.m. It's on your computer. Uh, it's easy to register. Everything's at DougOster.com. And this week, it's all about growing vegetables in containers. Uh, it is a lot of fun, especially doing the, uh, you know, interactive thing back and forth. You know, but there's a full moon this morning, Rob. Did you see it on your way in? I, I did not, Doug. Yeah, it looks good. Uh, that explains some, maybe some of the craziness going on there. Uh, and so also take a look at this, my favorite place this time of the season. It's called Joe Ham's Daffodil Gardens. And it's down in Washington County. All the information, you can just Google Johan's Daffodil Gardens, and it is the greatest collection of blooming daffodils you'll ever see. And it, it's at its peak right now. Uh, you know, daffodil season is is going crazy and looking good. And just go out there and, and go down there. It's free, open to the public, all the information is at dougoster.com. And I've got some free seeds still, some free tomato seeds, and it's not too late to start them. They're sitting in one of my free seed checks at Han Nursery. It's just an old newspaper box filled with seeds, you know, the kind you used to put a quarter in. And I've got some chocolate cherry, yellow grape tiger stripe, Clint Eastwood rowdy red. Why do you think it's called rowdy red? Because it has to do with rowdy gates from Rawhide. Clint Eastwood. Rowdy Yates. Yates. Okay, I said Gates. <laughs> but, hey, that's pretty good. That's 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 getting the memory uh, by going. By the way, I do watch it every Saturday, and I saw an episode, the very first episode from 1959 yesterday, so Clint was 29 years of age. It was the year I was born. Boy, you <laughs> held up pretty good. Do the math. <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of free seeds in that seed check at Han Nursery. But when you go, don't just grab the free seeds. Buy something, too. All these great... Uh, Nurseries are are packed with with good looking uh, vegetables for cool weather growing. You know, I bought a flat of uh, lettuce and spinach. Oh yeah, I'm going to be doing a live uh, Tuesday for Pittsburgh Today Live. Will you get home at any time this week to see the family? You're busy. What family? <laughs> You're busy. 
I'll see him today. So well, do I get to call you like Professor like Oster now? You're teaching. You're doing all kinds. I of I like stuff. that, Doctor Doug. <laughs> we'll see you now. All right, listen. Uh, we want you to call in with any of your questions. Eight six six three nine one ten twenty. So are Easter lilies the only plant connected to this wonderful holiday? They're the main. They're the main plant. You know. Uh, usually white, but I saw lots of cool colors. Uh, you mean you have multicolor Easter lilies? I never knew that. Oh, there's white, there's orange, there's red, there's speckled, there's all sorts of cool colors. And that's that's what I was looking at the other day, thinking, okay, if they don't sell these, I know what I'm going to do with them. I've become obsessed with lilies, actually, and, and this is how I'm buying them. I'll get them uh, after Easter, but then also they'll sell them again. You know, they'll look really good midsummer. But then once those flowers fall off, if you're patient, you could just you could buy those, plant them in the ground. What you're getting there, instead of just like right now, the bulbs for lilies are available. And so you'll, you'll go and you'll buy a big bulb, you put it in the ground, it'll sprout, you'll get some lilies. But what you're getting here is more than just the bulb. You're getting a one-gallon container where the bulb has grown out. And with all those roots, uh, when you put that in, when it does bloom the next season, you're going to have so many more flowers, and then every year afterwards, and that's the cool thing is that they will be perennial, but just remember, they're not going to be blooming this early in the season. It's too cold. In fact, if you go out in your garden right now, you'll see lilies are just barely sprouting up uh, after the as the daffodils finish up, but my daffodils look great. Uh, I love double daffodils, which are kind of like fluffy flowers, and they are in full bloom now. And if you want to see every daffodil in the world you've ever thought of, go down to Joe Ham's Daffodil Gardens. That is a cool place. You like that? Yeah. You know it's time to start planning when finally the toads in the garden stop shivering. When they, <laughs> when they stop shivering, it's time. All right, Doug Oster is here until Eric Countryman drops by, talking trees, Davy Trees, Arbor Day, and more. But we want you to call in because that's what we like to do, talk to you about gardening and taking care of those trees, too. 866-391-1020. 866-391-1020. Let's go to Ralph. Ralph, Ralph, you're on KDK. How you doing? Good. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Doug, I have two questions. Okay. You mentioned hyacinths. When can we transplant them? Mine have naturalized so much that they're coming up with a single bloom, but it's not full. You know, and that's very common with hyacinths, that uh, as time goes on, they kind of fade away, so to speak, Uh I'd be more tempted, actually, to fertilize uh, with something like bulb tone. If you, if you, I guess one another way to do it would be like we do with our daffodils. We would lift them, uh, replenish the soil with compost and some bulb tone, and then put them back in there. Yeah, I, you know, if it was me, I would just give them a nice dose of, of bulb tone and see how they do next year. If they're still kind of slow next year, then you could lift and. And we would do that right after they're done blooming would be the best time so we can find them. You know, back in the day, we used to, at least for daffodils, I've never done this with hyacinths, but with daffodils, we used to mark them now if they weren't blooming. And then in the fall, try and dig them up, but we dig them to pieces. If you feel that those uh, bulbs aren't doing what they should be doing, uh, you would want to do it as soon as they're done blooming. What was your second question? For two years in a row, I have stored canna lilies. The red ones do just fine, but the yellow ones dry out and they're dead. They're stored the same way. The yellow ones just don't make it. So how are you storing them? What are you, what's the medium that you're using to store them? I have done it two ways. One with perlite 
and one with newspapers, some in cardboard boxes, some in plastic. Yeah, I would. Plastic have done really well. So for the yellow ones, we just need to figure out how to give them a little bit more moisture during that storage period. And for me, it would be some just barely moistened vermiculite and and store. You know, the red ones, obviously, you're you're doing. You know, they don't need much. The yellow ones, though, they just they're telling you that they need a little bit different uh, medium for the storage. And so people use peat, peat moss, they use vermiculite, but the key is going to be looking at those uh, canna tubers, or are they tubers? I don't know. Those canna bulbs uh, about once a month during the winter and see what they're doing because uh, you don't want them to rot, you don't want too much moisture, but you obviously don't want them to dry out. And I would just change the medium that I was uh, storing them in. And, you know, I'm not so sure about the plastic bag. Again, if it works for you, that's great. But we, we know for the yellow ones, it's, it's not working. And just the way I do it, and everybody does it differently, is, is I store mine in, in pre-moistened vermiculite, which is very similar to, to perlite. But uh, it, just, it just works for me, for my dahlias, for my can- cannas, for my calla lilies, uh, for uh, caladiums and begonias, that sort of thing. So I just change things up a little bit. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. All right, let's say hi to Sandy. You're on KDKA with Doug Oster. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning, and happy Easter to all. Um, I have been feeding the birds all winter with the black oil uh, sunflower seeds and in my perennial garden. Now, should I scoop up those shells, or do they make a good mulch? Yeah, you probably want to scoop them up because they have something in them that stops things from, from growing. Uh-huh. And so oftentimes underneath the bird feeder, you'll just have a big circle where nothing will grow you can either figure out a way to put something up on the bird feeder where the shells go in there or continually try to clean up underneath there uh, because, yeah, not much will grow under the bird feeder when uh, uh, sunflower seed uh, hulls are there. Okay. Thanks. All right. Thank you. All right. Some lines available, 866-391-1020. So Arbor Day is very significant, is it not? Well, you remember, I mean, we all got those little trees yes. at some point uh, for Arbor Day. And, yeah, we're going to be talking to Eric Countryman from the Davy Tree Expert Company all about planting trees. You know, I, I, I was interviewing somebody the other day about climate change, and one of the things that he, that he said that one of the most important things we can do is continue to plant trees. Why, is, know, it, why is that? Just because they are... Uh, Providing shade, they are, you know, turning carbon dioxide into oxygen, which is important. And uh, it's just one of the best things you can do overall for our environment. You know, an an oak tree hosts so many uh, native insects. Uh, You know, it's just just the best thing you can do. So Eric's going to tell us how to plant a tree, how to plant a tree the right way. You know, (laughs) one thing I wanted to tell you, Rob, when I drove into the studio today, again, not in our area here, but across the street. The volcano mulching is going through the roof over there, and it, it, it's unbelievable. You need to get a big sign and stand on street corners and say, no more volcano mulch, and have a picture of what it looks well, like. Well, then the, the front sign that leads us into here, it's right. supposed to say Foster Plaza. Mm-hmm. The F isn't lit up, so it says Oster Plaza. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it, I should have took a picture of that this morning. You're I moving up time. in the world. Now, yeah. you're, now you're a land baron, too. <laughs>
Um, I don't know. Uh, what's your favorite of all the trees that you've planted at your palatial estate there in the beautiful North Hills? Is there one that comes? Uh, Stewardia. Really? Yeah, right now. I, I put a Stewardia in, and what a Stewardia is, it's a beautiful form. Uh, it has exfoliating bark, which is gives it winter interest, and has these beautiful, has great fall color, but it has these beautiful kind of peony-like flowers in early summer. And so it's a beauty. And then a friend of mine from the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden gave me one called Franklinia, uh, named for Ben Franklin. Oh, and okay. it's really an interesting tree. Got about a minute. Uh, it was found by these great plant hunters in the 1700s in Georgia. And they, you know, that's the only place it's ever been found. The only way to get a Franklinia is it's it's a, a clone of that tree. There's no other way. They're, they're not in the wild anymore. And so they're hard to grow too. And so this one made it through the winter, will not bloom this year, but maybe next year. And just the, the fact that it's still alive and kind of, a, you know, like I said, interesting story that it's not out there anymore. It's just been propagated for years and years and years from nurseries. Hallabaloo, June 5th. Tell them about it. We've got about a minute. Well, it's a, a, it's our annual plant swap. We couldn't do it there for a couple of years. We did it last year. And it is just so much fun. You bring your plants, you know, whatever it is. It could be annuals, perennials, you, just nothing invasive. And... We just set them up on a, a, a wall, and in about a half hour, there's leaves flying and seeds going everywhere, and uh, you get some new new plants for your garden. It is a scream. All right, coming up, Arbor Day and more, Davy Trees Talking Trees. Eric Countryman will be Doug's guest. That's moments away. We're joined by Eric Countryman from the Davy Tree Expert Company talking about planting trees and Arbor Day. Good morning, Eric. How are you? I'm doing well, Doug. How are you? Is Arbor Day your big holiday? Forget uh, Christmas, forget everything else, but Arbor Day is the big one for you? <laughs> That's a pretty good one, yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the right way to plant a tree. Are are you guys into tree planting season now, or is it too early? I don't know. We've been, we've been out for a few weeks planting trees already. And... Talk a little bit about the right way to do this. Uh, and I, and I, does it depend on your site? Does it depend on the tree? Or is there just a certain way to plant a tree that, that it's going to be the right way? I think that uh, you know, site and tree, you know, there, yes, there's going to be certain specifics, but I think the main thing is preparation of the soil and the uh, planting site before you uh, put the tree in the ground is the most important. Um, you want to make sure that the, you know, the size of the root ball of the tree you're going to put in the ground, you want to make sure that you've loosened the soil at least twice that, you know, width of that root ball. And, uh, and then you've not made it too deep. So you want it to go wide, but not deep. And then make sure that soil is nice and loose. So that root ball has good and loose soil to push its roots out and settle in nicely. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about that plantingle, but first talk about that not too deep because one thing that I didn't realize is that sometimes you can buy a tree from a nursery and you still need to kind of knock away some of that dirt at the base of the tree. What do you call that? The root flare? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So the root flare is that kind of angle at the bottom of the trunk of the tree where the tree, you know, stops going vertical and the roots start going horizontal. And a lot of trees, now if they're real small, you know, and under an inch in diameter, you, it may be hard to see. 
But if, you know, if you ever look at a big tree, there's usually like a furrow of bark there at the bottom, and that's your, your root flare. But you want to make sure that that's kind of above your soil level because you want to add about two layers or two or three inches, pardon me, of mulch up to that flare. So a lot of times people, they dig the hole, they dump the whole thing in, then they're backfilling dirt on top even of that, and then they're mulch, and then that's way too deep, and you end up drowning your roots. So it's better to plant things generally higher in your uh, in the holes and then build the soil kind of back up to it a little bit, and then you have room for mulch. When you're looking for a place to plant a tree, I, I, you know, we're looking for the right place for, the, for the, the right tree, but if I get in there and it's pure clay— I mean, what do you guys do? I mean, do you just then you, do you go over a little to another spot and try and find a better one? Because I, I I've been told that we're not supposed to put compost in the when we're planting a tree. We want that native soil in there so that those roots do do that expanding. But talk a little bit about finding the right place. You know, it's it's nice when you can dig into and get some at least average garden soil, and now we're safe. We can put the tree in. We're happy. But boy, if you if you're looking at the, you know this has got the right sun, this has got the right uh, exposure, yeah. but then start digging in there and you got pure clay. Well, I mean a bit of that. This is you know Southwest Pennsylvania. You're going to find a, a lot of clay in the soil. So I would say you know for us we don't really tend to get too mobile with it. You know if this is where we want the tree. This is where we're going to put it. But what I think, like I said before, the more you prep the soil so you got to really dig that hole out wide you got to really break up that clay so that it's nice and fine you're not putting chunks back in it's you're not building basically a clay pot Mm -hmm. around that root ball you want to make sure that you keep it loose so that um, it can settle in and the roots have room to move and you can get some oxygen down in there so let's talk a little bit about mulching after planting i was already eric this morning complaining about volcano mulch across the the street where these office buildings are it is it is unbelievable what they're doing over there and it, it breaks my heart to see them you know they're basically killing these big trees yeah uh, but talk about the right way to mulch that tree after we plant it so um like we said you want to focus on that root flare and you don't want your level of mulch to go above that root flare so i mean you want to make sure you have at least about two to three inches of coverage and we typically say on trees, you want to mulch out to the drip line, which is sort of the edge of your canopy all the way around. So that, you know, may kind of make a circle and project that down on the ground. But you'd probably be looking at, on an average tree, you know, maybe that's two or three inch in diameter, you'd probably end up with a three to five foot circle all the way around it. And then what about watering with this, with spring planting? Can we rely on rain if we get good rain, or should we be watering that tree? And then how long do we keep watering that tree throughout that for its first season? I don't usually like to rely on rain. Uh, just as we, it tends to be unpredictable. We, it doesn't always come. Just because we say we got an inch of rain doesn't mean it came nice and slow and easy. Sometimes it comes all at once. Um, so we need to... The, I, I usually prefer to just plan a time when you're going to water your tree. Um, generally, I say about 25 gallons of, or about, pardon me, about um, 10 gallons of water 
per inch of trunk diameter uh, when you go to water. And typically, uh, you need to do that about twice a week. I find one of the easiest ways to that you know you're watering it enough, and that you uh, and that it goes uh, get a nice slow deep watering of the tree is I take a five gallon bucket and you drill a half inch or three quarter inch hole in the bottom of it and you put it near your you know your base of your tree and you fill it up with water and then you let it night let it slowly drain and then you move it and you put about you know say it's five gallons if you want 20 then you put it four ways around the tree and that way you know you put enough water at the base of that tree it's gone nice and slow and it's soaked in you know when I'm thinking about planting a tree in your opinion, is it a, a bigger tree better or a smaller tree better, or does it matter when, when I'm deciding what I'm going to put in? So, again, I'll go back to that inch of diameter, you know, and how much things are. But I say it takes about a year uh, per inch of diameter for a tree to really settle in and start to thrive. So if you start with a real big one, you know, you go, you want the biggest thing you can find, it could be even more years before that thing really starts to take off. Plus, it generally is quite expensive. I find a two-inch diameter of tree, which is a pretty good size, means you're going to get value for your money. It's going to look like a tree. It's not going to be a tiny little stick in the ground, but it'll it'll get in, it'll settle, and it'll really start to grow, you know, in a, a good amount of time. You know, one one thing I forgot to ask you about before we take our break, do, should I be putting a stake in in the you know on the side where you see that to to kind of hold it up. So I I'm not a huge fan of staking trees unless you really have to. Um, I think it's better when the trees have to kind of you know fight for themselves. However, you put it in on a in the wet spring like we're having right now, and the soil's really soft, and you see the thing moving around. It's certainly not going to hurt, but it's not something I want to leave up any longer than you absolutely have to. So. What do you think? Uh, you know, if I did have to stake that, uh, how long would I be leaving? I get, does it depend on the weather and such? I think it really does. But, I mean, if you say it's a really wet spring, it starts to dry out. And you, if you go up to the tree and you can kind of wiggle it and it's not moving anywhere again, then take the stakes off come the summer, come the fall. All right. um, if it's a, you're in a really windy spot and it's really getting beat up, then maybe it needs to stay there for a year. It, it, it is sort of site and weather dependent, but – the best way is to kind of just check it every now and again when you go to water it. Give it a little shake. If it feels like it's not really moving around anymore, then it's you, the stakes are irrelevant, and you, you may just be hurting it for, or not helping it. All right, Eric, hang in there. We'll get you back after the break. For more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to davy.com slash kdka. And remember, you can always call the experts from Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855 855- Nine eight two eight seven three three. All right, we continue now with Doug, of course, your host, Doug Oster.com, the organic gardener, and Eric Countryman still with us from Davy Trees, and we're talking trees. Go ahead, Doug. Yeah, hey, Eric, uh, my friend Paul Danick uh, sent me a message. He wanted to know uh, some tips for hauling that new tree home from the nursery, covering, protecting the trunk, etc. What do you think when we go out and buy our tree? Is there anything special we need to do to get it home? Absolutely. Uh, the, a lot of times, you know, trees that are laying, you know, lay down on the back of a, a the bed of a truck, you know, the trunk can rub on the uh, the tailgate there. You definitely want to make sure you have it wrapped up. A lot of times 
Nurseries will have burlap available because they're kind of shipped to them that way, where you can wrap some burlap around the trunk that can help protect it. And then the other thing that, you know, people forget is you really want to cover the your canopies um, or even, you know, or even if you throw a bunch of shrubs in the back of your truck, you kind of want to put a sun tarp over it so that you're not blowing them, you know, blowing the leaves straight off of them as you're trying to get them home. Right. All right, let's take a call before we get to the top of the hour in our next break. Hey, Susan, you're on KDK. How are you? Oh, great, Rob. I'm so glad you took my call. Rob and Doug and uh, Mr. Tree, man. (laughs) (laughs) What's your question? I I listen to you every week, but I can't remember this man's name. That's Eric Countryman. Eric. Right. Did you have a question? Thank you. Yes. Go ahead. I thought... Many years ago, my late husband and I planted a tree called a red sunset maple. It wasn't supposed to grow more than 14 to 16 feet. It's over 50. (laughs) It's already caused me problems with the gutters, and it's at least 20 feet away from my house. I don't know what to do with it. All right, Eric, what do you think? How often have you heard this story before, Eric, first off? Uh, Yeah, definitely hear it a lot. But I would say that um, the red sunset maples, they grow actually to 40 to 60 feet. So uh, maybe the person read the tag wrong, which is entirely possible. But um, Or maybe, Eric, maybe the person that was selling the tree read the tag wrong, too, and told them the wrong thing. That's what I meant, yeah. I still have the tag. It says 14 to 16 feet. All right. Oh, wow. That's what happens when you buy something off of Jack, who has a beanstalk (laughs) with him at the same time, right? All right, listen, uh, time to wrap it up, so if you will, kind of thank Mr. Countryman, Doug. All right, Eric, thanks so much. Uh, Always appreciate it. For more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to davy.com slash kdka. Remember, you can always call the experts from Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. After the show, as soon as I get home, I will be taking your garden questions there. If you didn't get through or you're too shy to call, always answer questions at DougOster.com. There's a little contact button on there you can push and get right to me. Uh, there's information there all about my virtual garden classes Uh, They're fun, they're free, and we're learning all about how to grow vegetables in containers. What does that mean? No, vegetable in containers, what does it mean? Tell me. No, you tell me when you put it. No, 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 I was just just waving to one of my many fans (laughs) who just passed the uh, glass here in front of the studio. Go ahead. Anything that you grow in your garden, you can grow in a container, and that's what I'm going to teach you when we have our class. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. And there's also information there about Joe Ham's Daffodils Gardens, That is just a wonderful place, free and open to the public, uh, magical, and there's so many beautiful daffodils there. Also, I do have a couple uh, seats left for a trip to London if you want to see the Chelsea Flower Show. That's there, too. DougOster.com for everything. That's it, yeah. That's the place to go. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. Ham or lamb today? Both. (laughs) Both. Excuse me. (laughs) Uh, Hopefully party potatoes, too. Really? Yeah, I saw the fridge was all stacked when I got home from fishing yesterday, so I can't wait. Silver Star Jumbo for me. All right. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.